This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Friday Show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you've tuned in to The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions. Whatever's on your heart and mind, all you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585 if you're outside the local San Antonio area. You can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen, and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Our main number one more time is 340-9585. We've got a special show planned for you today. We'll still be taking phone calls and answering questions if you have them. Um, But before that, let me remind you that tonight... Uh, we're going to finish chapter one in First Peter here. Uh, you can watch that live stream also at calvarysa.com. It's a good study, I think, uh, in terms of preparing us for for the work that God has for us. Uh, and then, of course, Sunday, um, we're actually going to go to the cross uh, with Jesus. And that's always a somber time, but I think it's a time that we really need to listen to. So today, my special guest, I've got Pastor Chris Garcia and his wife, Elvira, here. Uh, We've talked about them. I've asked you to pray for them. Uh, This is their last night back in San Antonio, and then they're getting ready to go uh, this weekend to Mexico. Uh, Pastor Chris has been a pastor here on staff for a whole bunch of years. Uh, We headed up our Spanish-speaking ministry. Um, I'm not going to cry today. I've done all my crying. Uh, I always hate to see people go, but at the same time, watching them go in the will of God, you raise them up to answer the call of God. And so when they do it, you got to rejoice. It's sad for us, but it's really, really good. Pastor Chris, Elvira, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Paula says, i got to tell you this, Paula says that, Elvira, you got to let Chris get in a word edgewise. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> See, she's acting all quiet and shy now. She's not a shy bone in her body. Uh, uh, Pastor Chris Elvira are going to Michoacan, Mexico. They're going to go uh, plant a church out of our church. Um, Chris, why don't you spend some time talking about the calling and um, how it all came about? How long, tell people how long you've been here and anything else that you think is pertinent. Well, we'll be, we'll be here at the church, this church, since 2006. And... Um, we were looking for a place to uh, worship, and it was uh, a time for us to be here from California. We were looking for the same kind of teaching, which is Calvary t- uh, Chapel teachings. And uh, after a little bit of searching, we found this church, and uh, we kind of liked it. And uh, we settled kinda up. Kind of Kind of like it. <laughs> But then uh, it was all still since knowing everything uh, about Calvary Chapel. It was this was our church. Uh, the moment we set foot here, still we wanted to keep. Uh, I wanted to keep a low profile and kind of sit in the back <laughs> and not having any interaction with the people. But uh, it didn't last long. 
After a while, uh, Mama Paula will chase us to the parking lot <laughs> and make sure that she say uh, hi to us. So it, it, we just um, not, I would say, not too slowly. We fell in love with this church, so and it's, it, it, I started serving and uh, just helping out with the cleaning, which I loved. Because I have no no uh, interaction with nobody, <laughs> just focus on cleaning, and then soon after that, uh, after serving with the uh, pastor Jay Bentley, uh, he was the uh, Spanish-speaking pastor here, and uh, serving under him. Soon after, he he left for um, Mexico, in Durango, and then uh, you asked me to if I could teach. And uh, nervously, I uh, I accepted. And then from then on, I, I taught for a few years, for about three, four years. And then uh, you ordained me to be a <laughs> pastor. And like other people, I know there's, you know, most of the people, most of the pastors, they say they have a calling early on in their walk with the Lord. But it wasn't my, my case. I didn't want to be a pastor. It wasn't my desire, but then the Lord did a work in my heart. And after being a kind of a secluded man, kept to myself a lot, the Lord changed my heart completely, and I fell in love with the people. Isn't it what happens when you start teaching people? Yes. And you're praying for them constantly, and your heart just sort of brings them all in close, and you can't stay distant anymore. It's uh, like a relationship. Yeah. If you have a relationship with God, you just can't help to love yeah. God's people. So that worked that way. And then uh, a few a few years ago, five years ago to be exact, we um, we received the calling for Mexico uh, after praying. In praying, uh, the Lord revealed to us, to me and my wife, at a different time because He called me. Then I, in prayer, I asked, I asked the Lord to reveal to, that to my wife. And then he, he touched my wife's heart. And she had that desire to go preach in Mexico also. So um, here we are. I, I'm seeing a pattern here. When, when we have somebody who takes over the Spanish-speaking ministry and does the Bible studies, then God sends them to Mexico first, Jay, and now you. So maybe I'm not going to put anybody else in that <laughs> position. It is, it is like a training. And... Uh, you know, you read in the Bible how um, Paul calls his uh, Timothy his son, and you get to understand what he means by that, and how you were our spiritual father, and you, uh, we grew under you, and you taught us the word through God's word, and you taught us how to be and loving, and, and this church, uh, it might sound um, bragging, but there's no church like Calvary Chapel San Antonio. <laughs> so, um, and well, there will be now. In, 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 uh, let me see if I can remember it from, from when we said goodbye the uh, week before last. It's Cap- Capilla Calvario Iglesia, Iglesia El, Camino. El Camino. That's, that's right. the name. That's the name of the church. So in our audience, that's the church that you can be praying for. Uh, Pastor Chris and Elvira, I've got some uh, question here or somebody requested for prayer. So we're going to do that, but then we'll come back. I want to talk more about this. Uh, This is from Christine, and she's asking for prayer. Uh, She says she has a current health issue that's impacting her current job performance. She's asking for job security because she doesn't want to lose her job uh, because of her health. And Elvira, uh, you know all about health issues. Yes. And you are one of the most effective prayers ever. Oh, thank you. So why don't you pray for Christina I for will. us? I It's a pleasure. It's a privilege. Father God, we um, come before you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that we're able to enter into the throne of grace and mercy because of your son, Jesus, Lord. And I'm standing before you, Lord, interceding on behalf of Christina, Lord. I pray that you would please, Father God, if it's your will, to touch and heal her body, Father God. Lord, um, You love Christina, Lord, and I just pray that you would continue to provide for her through her job, 
Lord, I pray that you would secure her job if that's your will, Lord. And I pray that you would fill Christina with your peace, Lord, that passes all understanding, Father God. Um, because you are great and mighty, Father God, and nothing is impossible for you, Lord. And I just stand before you asking favor for Christina, Lord. Father God, please, Lord, show off for her, Lord, as you've done for us, Lord. Thank you. And give her favor. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Christina, when, when I need somebody to really pray for me, she's the one I ask. So uh, God bless you. We will keep you in prayer. Please keep us posted. Uh, I think that's the Holy Spirit, Elvira. You know, once you guys got the call, and then we're always sort of struggling with the timeline. Um, we, we don't want to go early. We certainly don't want to go late. Um, and, and God has ways of slowing us down mm-hmm. if we're going to jump out in front of him. And I think that's partly the case with you guys. Explain your last year and a half here. Because it's two been years. really two years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two well, and a half years. Yeah. But, I remember. but who's counting? Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we had our calling five years ago. And um, two and a half years ago, I was ready to, let's do this. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, God called us. That means tomorrow, today <laughs> is the day. And um, two and a half years ago, I became very, very ill. Um, to the point of not being able um, to get out of bed. I'm sorry. Kleenex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot to tell you, audience, she's a professional crier oh, as well. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's just, to see God work, it's just amazing. So I just want to c- encourage Christina that God is in even when we don't understand and it was very um, debilitating. I wasn't able to get out of bed. We we knew that God had called us. We just didn't know um, what that meant when I became ill. And so um, the, all the Lord kept saying was, be still and know that I am God. And I really didn't understand that. Um, but... The Lord kept reminding me that his word was above my circumstance, and I had to hold on. And Pastor Ron always teaches us that we need to be really close to Jesus. And you really don't understand that when, you don't begin to understand that until you go through something very difficult. And we believed that he actually called us to Mexico, but we just didn't know how that was going to look like. And it was two years of going back to God in his word. His word was above our circumstances. And we held on and we held on. And um, now that we're on the other side, um, it's kind of like, woof. <laughs> <laughs> I survived. I woof. didn't it. I mean, well, actually, I want to share a really quick story. My first time back to church, because I was off of church for like a year, couldn't sit in service. So the first time I came back, you were in Luke. I believe it was in chapter 8. Are you talking about when the disciples were on the boat? And Jesus said, you know, um, get in the boat. We're going to go to the other side. And you had said, um, you know, when they um, went to Jesus, don't you care that we're going to perish? And, and you said, you know, you write your name where it says you have little faith. You know we're gonna, you know we're gonna get to the other side. He had promised, and I was sitting there, and the Lord was like, "I promised you were gonna get to the other side," and um, I was sitting there going, "Woof, thank you," and um, but the Lord reminded me um, what happened when they got to the other side, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I was like, "Okay, Lord." So, you know, we know what happened at the other side. A demon-possessed man was waiting for them. Yes, but, yeah, that's how. But, I, but then the demon-possessed man got fixed, and he wanted to follow right, Jesus. Right, so, right, Let me ask a question. During that time, now I know how the devil works. During the time when you know you have a calling to go, and circumstances seem to be keeping you here, and, and you're suffering, mm-hmm. in, you know, in the middle of all of it, were there times when you doubted? Times when you thought, well, well, Lord, did we hear wrong? Yes. And how did you deal with that? Um, we had we tagged each other um, when that would happen. Because when he would get discouraged, 
or when I would get discouraged, he would just say, God's going to, God's going to heal you. He would be the strong one. And then when he would walk in all discouraged, I would, God would give me the strength to muster him up. So we kind of tagged on each other when we were both failing in our unbelief or our doubt because it was impossible. I'm sitting here glorifying God because it's all God. (laughs) It's just, it's just, it is. Chris, the hardest thing for men is to wait and do nothing. We want to take action. How did you deal with, with all of that? Just as Elvira said, it, it was really, really hard, the wait and the circumstances that made us wait. And it, were, it was very difficult. But then we kept reminding ourselves, God said. That's what God said, and we, we have to believe in Him. And there were times where there were other ways out. <laughs> And we kept saying, the Lord said, so it's going to happen, because he said it. So, Yeah, you know, as your pastor, um, watching you go through all of this, uh, the whole time thinking, well, I don't really want him to go anywhere, Lord, you know. So, so if this is your way, he would remind me right away that his plans never fail. Mm-hmm. And just because it doesn't go the way we thought it would go, uh, don't doubt. And, and I think it's times like this where we really, really learn to understand what faith is. Mm. I, uh, for the audience, I have a, a prayer wall in my office at home with literally hundreds and hundreds of pictures on it. And uh, I've got a picture of Elvira and Chris together, but uh, it was at a time when Elvira was so healthy and so full of the Lord's Spirit. Um, and and I, my, my prayer through that whole time every day was, Lord, that's the Elvira that I'm asking for. Not the one who's in bed, not the one who's sick, but that's the one I'm asking for. And um, um, he brought you back. Amen. (laughs) 340-9585, if you have any questions for Pastor Chris or Elvira, knowing some of the things they go through, I'm sure there are some in the audience who are going through similar things. Uh, Chris, tell us about Michoacan. That's where you're going in Mexico, and... Um, tell us about why, where, how, what do you expect ministry to be like? Well, uh, Michoacan is a state in Mexico, south, west. We, we would say it's right in the middle of the country of Mexico, and it's uh, on the west side. It's very close to the city of Guadalajara, for those that are familiar with Mexico. And it's it's a, a town, a farming community, uh, a town with about... Uh, uh, called Pajacuaran, and which which means in the uh, uh, native language uh, mushroom land, and <laughs> and it, it's, hey, it's I was an old hippie, so uh, you know who knows. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the ones that go in salad, not not the other kind. <laughs> so uh, the, uh, the the people, um, it's about a town with pretty much thirty thousand people with surrounding communities with, with a couple of thousand each. And there's a pretty vast area called, close to the Chapala Lake, which is the biggest lake in Mexico. And uh, uh, like I said, it's a very farming community, which is um, uh, a close community. And uh, they're very much into um, uh, the majority of people there are Catholic in their faith. And uh, there's a lot of young uh, People there that um, that we visited in previous times, we noticed that they're ready for the gospel. So we were really encouraged to know that the Lord is doing a work even before we, He sent us there, and He's got a church waiting for us actually. Yeah. Now, see, we've been live streaming yes. uh, your Sunday uh, evening services in Spanish yes. to Michoacan for several years now, right? For uh, three years. For three years, and so people are getting saved and and bring others to, to hear. Yes. So uh, they've actually been sitting under your teaching for a yes. while. So yes. when you go, they'll be waiting for you. They actually are waiting for us. They're, they can't wait <laughs> for us to get there. So it's not, it's not we already started something from afar. Now we're going to be there with them and be there for them. Now see how you're, you're way ahead of us. Our first Bible study, we had 13 people 24 and a half years ago. And... and um, 
that was the biggest crowd we had for two years. And, uh, you know, it's, it's God testing us, testing our faithfulness, testing our, uh, our, the Greek word that we use around here at Calvary Chapel a lot is hupomone, mm-hmm. our willingness to stay under pressure even though there's an escape clause. And um, um, it's been exciting to get to this point but now it's just sad and fun to look forward to all at the same time. Let me ask you this, Chris. Um, this will be our third church plant in Mexico. Uh, Reynosa, uh, Durango, and now in Michoacan. And I won't even try to say the name of the city. I can't do it. Um, um, when we, uh, Pastor Juan and I visited Durango last year, and um, I was amazed at how different it was from Reynosa. Now, Reynosa is a border town, and there's always a unique set of, of problems associated with that. But uh, Durango was completely different. It was um, uh, uh, laid back, a um, lot of people, but the people were very welcome, very uh, welcoming, very open to the gospel. Um, uh, Apart from the people that you already know there, uh, what kind of reception do you expect to receive from uh, the traditional Catholics and stuff in the in the area? Well, as you know, um, the uh, Catholic community there are not that many hardcore. Uh, the ones that are hardcore uh, Catholic, they're older people, and. Uh, we expect some rejection. We, we do expect some uh, kind of, but for the most part, like you said, the people are very, uh, they're not aggressive in their behavior. They're pretty much, they can reject you, but not with uh, uh, a strong rejection. They, they just they just won't accept the gospel if you want to give it to them. But our approach is going to be more like uh, our lives are going to show the one who we love the one we uh, adore and the one we worship. And then that, by experience, we know that people are going to notice that and they're going to come to us. It's not going to be like an aggressive evangelism, like in-your-face kind of thing. It's just more like inviting people over to a Bible study to have a coffee. Because they, they, uh, knowing the uh, Catholic community, they're not going to be willing to go to a building where it says a Christian church but they are be willing to go to a house Bible study where they can have coffee and just have a, a kind of a sense of community. And, and, and by the time there's too many of them for a house they'll all know one another mm-hmm. and, and be comfortable. Um, one of the things that we found um, everywhere uh, whether it's uh, here in San Antonio or in Reynosa, Durango or uh, looking forward to Michoacan is that the the older people who are stuck in the traditions and I'm, I was born Catholic, I'm going to die Catholic type of thing. Uh, when they see the changes that occur in the younger people who are coming and responding, um, they're face to face with the reality of Jesus Christ. He's real. He's alive. And it's not about traditions. It's not about religion. Uh, it's not about how you were raised. Instead, this Jesus is living and active and and once a part of it, the Word of God really, really changes it. Uh, Elvira, we've got about three minutes left in this half. Um, quickly tell the story about the, about your relative who was kept an altar in her home. Oh, my sister-in-law. Yeah. That's the house where we're going to stay until they build our house in Mexico. Um, she um, has been a Catholic all her life. Uh, she's a little bit older than I. And she, um, when my brother-in-law receive Christ as his Lord and Savior, he, since he's the man of the house, he pretty much told her she had to get saved. <laughs> so she she obeyed, but I don't think she really understood that, what that meant. So she just went along to get along. And in the two, year, two three years that we've been doing the live streaming, she's been reading the Word. And um, it took her about two, two and a half years to understand that no other God, God was not pleased with any other God before um, her living God. And um, 
he cleaned up house. So her house is clean <laughs> from all idols. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's always kind of scary when people say, yeah, I'm saved. They, they come for an invitation, yeah. but then you still see them and they're, they're doing right. their offerings. Right, they're doing their, their rosaries. And, yeah. and, their, and, and God, God reminded me um, when, because, you know, when you share the gospel and they don't really understand what that means of having other idols before them, and they still have that because it's embedded in them that you uh, need to be patient because that's how they learn to come to God and until they realize that Jesus is the one. Okay. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the program. Pastor Chris Garcia and his wife Elvira are here. 340-9585. If you have any questions about taking a step of faith like this or questions for, for me and the Bible, 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Got a question for Pastor Ron and the word to stand on for life? You can send it to him via email at PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the show, 340-9585. Again, it's perfectly okay if you want to call and ask Pastor Chris or Elvira a question. Maybe there are some people going through some difficult things now and you think, well, God, I didn't expect this. Uh, believe me, they've been there and can help you deal with it. So we'd love your live calls and questions. Chris, I, I have to ask you about the two Ds. Um, uh, we live on this side of the border. We know about the danger uh, on the other side of the border. We know about the difficulties that are ahead. Um, um, so I'd like to ask you about the danger and then, no doubt, you're going to encounter demons. So talk about those things and how you've prepared yourselves for them. Well, it's, it's, uh, we already know, and we encountered on a visit to Mexico two years ago, how it is to um, being confronted by cartels and to be charged some money to be able to cross <laughs> over to Mexico. You, you learned not to drive there this time. <laughs> you're flying to Guadalajara. We're flying, <laughs> yes. And... and uh, but it is, uh, right now it shifts from uh, state to state, from region to region. So it depends on the, um, on the cartel who is occupying the, the state or the place and the you know, zone in Mexico. Right now it seems to be a more violence in the border towns. And down south is not as heavy right now. It seems to be a kind of a more subtle, more... Uh, uh, peace time between the criminals over there, but uh, you know the Lord. Uh, that time when we got confronted by the cartel, uh, the Lord said that they need Jesus too, even more so than the others. So, if when the time comes, it, that's gonna we don't have, like Peter said, we don't have any money. We have no gold, but we have Jesus, <laughs> and that's what are they gonna get? Because the guy that uh, wanted us to pay him. Uh, five hundred dollars just to cross over the border and keep going to into Mexico. I ended up giving him a Bible, and um, he took it. And he, uh, I was able to minister to him and cut down the fee for more than half. So <laughs> that helped. <laughs> and that, they, that's they didn't we, know they were asking for all your money. You didn't have anything left. Yeah, and so that's what we're gonna give him. Everyone, everyone that gives wants a drink of. The water of life, we, we have it because it's been given to us. Well, it's one of the things that surprised me about Durango. Now, I, I, every city in Mexico is controlled by the cartels. Yes. Um, but it was way more laid back in Durango. And, and uh, I never felt any danger or any threat. Um, the people were so warm and welcoming. I think that's one of the things that we... We, we're not used to here in the United States. We tell people about Jesus, and they don't want to talk about it. Oh, go away. But in, in Mexico, everywhere we've been, uh, we, we've done a Joy of Jesus in Monterrey, and 
um, everywhere we go, the people are, are, are interested and they'll talk to you and they're very respectful. Um, um, it's not always the case uh, over here. Um, Chris, what about, uh, you, you brought up Legion a little while ago <laughs> in, your, in, your, in your story. Um, um, we expect to encounter demons, demon-possessed people. Uh, I expect that you'll encounter opportunities for for miraculous healings and things like that, not in a goofy way, but in, in sort of a Book of Acts way. Um, how are you going to prepare the people who have been listening to you who are there already for that kind of ministry, that kind of outreach? Well, they've been listening, and according to the Bible, how are we supposed to behave? Uh, you know, you, you taught us that um, even people that think they are very religious, uh, the way they act is the, the, the what they show and the way they're acting. So it doesn't mean that if they seem religious, doesn't mean that they really are. But uh, the one thing we know is to love on, on them. And when we encounter, uh, uh, which I wish I could, would never encounter devil uh, uh, pos- uh, um, possession, it's going to be Jesus doing all the work. And we're going to be there obeying him. And according to his word, that's going to be our reaction. But uh, without any fear, knowing that the Lord has been with us all this time. And that's what we have. It's Jesus doing a work in us, through us. That's going to, uh, that's going to be our reaction towards demon possession. Yeah. Elvira, um, you've got children that you're leaving here with us. Yes. Thank you. We didn't, we didn't want them to go to. Um, what's it like for a mom to say goodbye to her kids as you go into this spiritual adventure? Um, you know, God's Word says there's, there's time, you know, to be born, a time, you know, to live, a time to laugh, and a time to cry. Um, for us, it's a time to go. <laughs> <laughs> and for them to grow. Yeah. I believe this is part of God's plan. Um we feel like we've done the work of the Lord. We've shown our kids what it is to walk with the Lord. And um, God has given us peace to do that. And we're actually going with no um, worries and no burdens. We're just, we, we've done the work that God's called us to do for our children. And um, we, want, we are so excited to serve the Lord full time. And then see what God's going to do with them as we leave. And um, so. Has anybody tried to talk you guys out of going? Oh, yeah. <laughs> actually. Besides my, me, no, I'm just my, kidding. My daughter, um, actually, a funny thing, she, we, we leave at um, 1.30 on Sunday. So we have to be at the airport at least at 11.30. So my daughter is like, Mom, she goes, um, Andres has to teach the youth on Sunday, so we can't take you to the airport. How are you going to get there? <laughs> I said, honey, don't worry about it. We'll just have an, Sam announce it and see if we can get a ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure we can find somebody to get you to the airport. But that's what I was going to say. One of the neat things is um, your, your daughter, Elizabeth, yes. um, she has grown unbelievably in the last couple of years. Um, you know, as you guys get ready to go, she has grown so much, and, and her and Andres, her husband, are um, so involved, and uh, I, they can't imagine not ministering to right. the junior high kids right. here at the church. Right, right. It's just... So like mom and dad? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's the Lord. It's all the Lord. And I know it's uh, it's been um, in prayer. We've We've interceding on our kids' behalf in prayer. And that has been the Lord. Um, we give all honor and glory to Him. I mean, they're doing what we have been doing. Praise God. And we just pray for our boys that they would catch on to. But it's all the Lord. And we just sit here in awe. You know, sometimes I'm overwhelmed that He can find us faithful. Now let me ask you another question. You guys probably aren't prepared for this one, but you just found out you're going to be grandparents. Yes. And, and, and you're going to be a Mitchell gone. That's got to be hard. Oh, I knew it, though. I knew I think Lord. she just had a hot flash right yeah, here. I knew it. I knew that the Lord had revealed that she was going to have a baby before I left. Um, 
I just knew it. I it was. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where God just reveals it to you. And so when it happened, it was kind of like we were emotional, but we were kind of like, well, yeah, it's God, you know. So we're okay. We're okay. We're coming back for the baby shower <laughs> and the birth. <laughs> see, I know that as long as there's grandchildren here, mm-hmm. I'll get to see you oh, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll so, come back. So that's really Definitely, all that matters. Yes. Um, I warned you guys, and I don't know that you really understood uh, the depth of what I was talking about, but I told you as you get to the end, the last month, last couple of weeks would be by far the most emotional time of your life. Mm -hmm. Chris, describe kind of what you've been going through the last month as you've been saying goodbye and uh, leaving a job you've you've served faithfully for 32 years. was it as emotional as I thought, as I told you it would be? Yes, and more so. <laughs> and more so. <laughs> so uh, it's been kind of heartbreaking for one part, but we know, and we it's been a few years in preparation for this, but it, when it finally comes to this point, it you feel it, and and it is very emotional because people you understand that people love you and and people uh, don't like you to go away but then they understand but it doesn't take away feeling this emotion and feeling this it's kind of a sweet bitter kind of a, a way of looking at things because we we love people so much and i didn't want to love people when i first started <laughs> but now that we have to live i know how much i love them and it's hard it's really hard to live uh and just go and leave these people here behind. It, but uh, we know that it is for a purpose, and God has everything in control. Well, two Sundays ago when we prayed for you guys to leave and had you up on the stage, um, people crying out in the audience, and I'm crying on the stage, and Paul is in tears in the front row. Um, I don't think people realize how completely empty you are when you go through that and you step away from it, and you guys went to California to see family before you left, now you're back to get ready to go. Um, but, but it's almost like as soon as you leave the church, you've said goodbye and you, you go outside, it's like all the air comes out of your life. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like nothing you've experienced before and you just don't have any strength left. And uh, your, your trip away, your time away was, was good, get, get some rest. But there's still some time for rest that you're going to need. Yes. Let's take a phone call, guys. Uh, Jeff from San Antonio is on the line. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. And, uh, Hi, Jeff. Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris and uh, Elvira. Uh, Pastor Hello. Chris, nos conocimos un, nada más un par de veces. We just met a couple of times. Pero este... Uh, yo sé que ustedes están dejando una huella de amor muy grande allí en Calvary, San Antonio. I know you're leaving a, a fingerprint of love, uh, a great one there in Calvary, San Antonio. And my wife and I were very impressed by your teaching and your spirit when we got to hear you. And so since the first time we came, we listened. we've been listening every week as you were rounding out Timothy. And... Um, we're just so blessed to, to meet you. And we said, you know, if those people were around, we would be friends with them. <laughs> we would want to be serving with them, you know. Pues entonces, mi corazón también está en México. Y sabemos que Dios está con ustedes por seguir su voluntad. Dios es nuestro socorro, nuestro escudo. Y ustedes están llevando la espada de la palabra que más necesitamos. Pues vamos a estar orando por ustedes y como hermanos en Cristo, en Cristo les amamos también. Pues entonces que vaya muy bien con Dios. Gracias. Gracias. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. You, you can see him tonight and give him a hug. If, if you don't show up to get that book from Paula, I think she's going to disown you. Uh oh. No, I'm not going to take that. I won't let that okay. happen. God bless you, Jeff. Thanks for calling. Um, he said you left a fingerprint of love, and and all I could think, no, 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 Elvira's left a puddle Papa. of love, she, <laughs> a pop, yeah, the yeah, whole pop. Yeah. I'm a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Chris, help somebody in the audience who's struggling with, how do I know if it was God that called me? First, let me just say, you knew it wasn't the devil that called you to go start a church and preach the gospel. But, but circumstances just didn't go the way you thought they would. You know, even when we try not to have expectations, we do. Um, so how would you minister to somebody who's saying, you know, well, I, I think this is what I'm called to do, but it doesn't look like it, or how do I know for sure? Well, the hardest part is those moments of silence where you know that you've been called, you know that the Lord spoke to you, and uh, there's a period of time where nothing happens. And the Lord is always faithful to let you know in a certain way that you're in the right position and do not deviate from the moment that you receive that that calling from the Lord. And yes, in testing, I think now after going through through it, it's it's straightening. It's it gives us more assurance and it gives us more uh, of a foundation and strength in our walk. It's after that when the Lord tries us and when the Lord allows us to go through those trials when we need to be strong and to believe in His Word, believe that He's called us, and to wait on Him. Never try to jump the gun. And that's that's the we, even when it seems like, was I wrong? Was not the Lord telling us that? But then I'm we, responsible for her, you know. <laughs> yeah, but then the, we kept saying to each other, the Lord said. And the, the way that it happened with us, the Lord spoke to me first. Uh, on a mountain top, by the way, <laughs> and then going down on the valley, the Lord spoke to my wife on a separate day. Yeah. So I was for sure we knew that was the Lord, and it was the assurance was there. The moments of doubt was when the, when she got sick, when the, uh, the stuff wasn't just happening the way we thought, and as fast as we thought. So that's why we had to have faith in the Lord. You know, as as you guys know, our story as well, one of the things I think that we can share with, with men, husbands, is that when we're going to take steps of faith, when God is going to make these life-altering uh, directions in our lives, um, the husband and the wife each have to hear it for themselves. Uh, it was so hard when Paul and I got to, to San Antonio if if she didn't know for sure, I mean, I could have been done the man thing and said, you know, well, Paula, God told me, uh, submit to me kind of thing. We wouldn't have lasted six months, probably not six weeks. That's how hard it was. But we've got to have the confidence to bring our wives into partnership mm-hmm. in the calling. And for that, they've got to hear from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then never step back. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press on, Paul said. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we preach all the time here. Let's take a phone call. We've got Joel from San Antonio on line one. Joel, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Joel. Uh, Pastor Ron, Pastor Chris, this is Joel, Calvary Chapel, South San Antonio. Hi, Joel. Hey, me da mucho gusto que ya que ya están en listo para irse al viaje y ya saben que Amen, bro. Gracias. So you have a bilingual program now, Pastor Ron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just sitting here like, who knows? Joel, thank you for calling. And by the way, jo- Joel is a pastor of a church we planted a long time ago on the south side, uh, Calvary Chapel South Side. And uh, they've got a website if you are living in that area or you want uh, to be around um, uh, a neighborhood church, um, I can recommend them highly. Joel, we'll see you tomorrow uh, at Pastor's Class probably. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Naomi in New Brunfels online, too. Naomi, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. Hi, Elvita. Hello. Hello, hello. Um, I have a question for Pastor Chris. Okay. My family is primarily Catholic. And my father um, did what's called a crucio a few years ago. And I'm not quite sure if I understand all that, but if Pastor Chris does, I would love for him to explain it to me. And um, my second question to that is, um, even though I've spoken with my father about being saved and he understands salvation and everything, is there a way... um, 
that I can talk with him and make sure that he is certainly saved, and I will um, listen for the answer. Thank you, Naomi. God bless you, Chris. Yeah, um, you know that they do have that doctrine of uh, salvation, and it's pretty much by uh, they they earn it on their own by their uh, their the way they uh, they behave, and they think they can actually win that salvation, but. Uh, they need to understand that uh, Jesus is the only one, and and it just you know don't approach him in a a matter of an argument or try to win an argument. Pretty much just just let him see your life, and love him, love him so much that he he would know that it's Jesus in you who's loving him. And they don't have that because they they have uh, the saints, they have the idols, they have their doctrine, and, and they have the the way they they were taught and it, you know what you have to understand that you um when we preach to catholics we're creating a revolution in their hearts they they um refuse to believe that all they have is a lie and they have to with love and the word the gospel they have to understand that 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 revolution that fight within themselves it, it, you have to come to realize that, yes, it is a lie. And the, there's only Jesus that saves. He's the only one that died for our sins. And just by loving on Him without uh, any uh, pushing Him or, or attacking Him with the gospel, just leave the gospel before Him, and He will know, and they, they, He will understand. Because we all that come from that background, we have to come to terms one day and say, is it, is it a lie? Everything that you taught us, the doctrine, the catechism, the, the, the rituals, all the stuff that goes on in the religion, it, it's total a total lie. And Christina, did, did you recognize the, the thing that she talked about, Criseo, I think was what she said? That term I don't understand. Okay, uh, it, it's it's a catechism, I think, a short courses of Christianity, uh, an apostolic movement of the Roman Catholic Church, founded in Majorca. Well, that's troubling there. Um, uh, in in 1944, a couple of things, um, uh, Naomi, that I'd like to add. Um, one of the th- the most effective things you can do is when your dad is around, keep talking to him about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Catholic doesn't believe that there's one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. So they've got all kinds of layers of people, uh, saints and Mary and and uh, so many other things that, that keep. So when, when you keep talking about Jesus like he's personal, like you know him, like he's your friend. I mean, in John, we're told that he calls us his friend. So uh, when you do that, it is really life changing for them. And so um, uh, talk about Jesus. The other thing, and, and I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm always in favor of being direct, especially when we're talking about people's parents. I don't know how old you are, Naomi. You sounded young. But you, you know, we're talking about our parents. There may not be a whole bunch of time. Mm-hmm. So we have to tell them the truth. And I would sit down with the Bible, read to him out loud, John chapter 3, the first seven verses. He's talking to the most religious man in all of Israel, Israel's teacher, Nicodemus. And, and Jesus told this religious man who thought he had it all figured out, who had all kinds of religion and all kinds of tradition, um, and he's telling him, you must be born again. And the Catholic Church doesn't deal with the doctrine or the theology of being born again. They, they, they just sort of wash it away like, well, infant baptism deals with being born again, and, and it doesn't. And um, as you are loving him, as you're talking about Jesus, and you're, you're referring him, Dad, I just want to be sure you're in heaven. And you're not going to get into heaven by crossing yourself. You're not going to get into heaven by, by praying the rosary. Um, you get in heaven by knowing Jesus personally. Mm-hmm. Plant that seed and then pray, pray, pray. And um, believe me, Chris, Elvira, one of the things that we've seen over and over is one key falls in a family, and then the rest fall like dominoes. That's that is true. Because they can't see, can't help but see the power of God mm-hmm. to change your life. Naomi, we'll be praying for you. Thank you, guys. We're inside of three minutes. So, Elvira, what do you want to say? In a, can you say anything in three minutes? <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> um, I just that uh, 
we've seen the power of God in our lives. Um, we're going with a testimony, a gospel. We're going um, with Jesus already gone before us, the confidence that he's given us, the boldness and the love. Um, and we can't wait to see what he's going to do. Um, he's bringing life. We're bringing light into darkness. And I know you asked Pastor Chris about, you know, encountering demon possession and um, just the pushback. But I'm really excited to see what God's going to do because he's above all things. And I'm just excited to see what he has for us. Yeah, and in the audience, please note, she didn't say scared. I mean, it's always a little awkward going to someplace new. Yes. But but excitement is what we yes. ought to experience. Yes. We step out for God. Chris, one minute. What do you have to say? What do you want to share? Well, just keep praying for us. And, and maybe in Spanish. Por favor, oren por nosotros. Uh, estaremos yendo a un nuevo lugar para abrir una capilla Calvario, Iglesia El Camino. Oren por nosotros, pónganla en su, su lista de oraciones y acompáñenos en este caminar por medio de sus oraciones a ver qué el Señor va a hacer uh, con esta iglesia. Thank you very much, Chris. I'm going to miss you. But I've got your grandchild. Don't ever forget that. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in today. It's been a great week on the program. I appreciate all of the calls and the participation. May the Lord keep you and bless you. Hey, go to church this weekend with a purpose of ministering Adios. to someone Adios. else. May the Lord bless you. We'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Oh, yeah.